The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. If you would like to know more, please visit us at valleyfreeradio.org. Greetings, uh, my name is Stefan Ward-Wheaton, and you're listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM. Um, I am our executive producer, sitting in for our usual moderator, Mike Dow, I hope he'll forgive me. Um, and uh, we have here uh, Susan Timberlake from our usual panel. Hey there. And also uh, Packy Wheeland here as our guest. Happy to be here. From uh, our, our uh, sister shows, uh, well, from all over, but here at VFR, um, our sister shows occupy the airwaves and Bread and Roses, um, among others, every so often. And also we have uh, Best Morlock, uh, Genre Roberts over there. <laughs> Tending, tending board in the corner. So doubted me. <laughs> it's, all, it's all right. It's a safe space. Um, so and before we uh, before we move ahead, I just want to uh, talk about the socials for a minute. If you want to contact us or find out uh, more about the show or uh, get glean more content about what we talk about here, you can uh, um, head to Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Civil Politics Radio. You can find us on Twitter at Civil Politics FM, and uh, you can also visit our blog, civilpoliticsradio.com, for classic episodes and uh, archives of the show. And if you'd like to email us, uh, head over to civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org and uh, send us plaudits or criticisms or hate mail or whatever you uh, feel like sending us, and um, we will read them in good time. So uh, it's, uh, it's been a week. Um, and uh, we have uh, we have much to discuss. So where where should we begin? What's uh, what piqued your interest? We're all looking at Packy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, How many interviews have you had today? <laughs> well, well, I think no. I've been doing the interviewing, but um, but yeah. Okay. So you wanted to start with uh, the uh, president's declaration that we are no longer going to be part of the COP21 club. Oh, that oh, happened this, this, uh, it, this it, week? It did, actually. <laughs> also yes. known as the Paris Accord. <laughs> yes, the, the Paris, Paris Climate Agreement. Yes. Oh, and actually, I have the UN name. I even looked it up, so maybe I should just say yes. what it is. Uh, United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. Sorry, mm. I looked down as I was saying that, but that's the original title that this all happened and started in 94 yeah. and blah 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 and so right. there's a whole framework under the framework i guess that yeah. but well, this is, yeah please well they're having all you know they're i mean i i was fortunate enough to be in paris during the cop 21 and one of the things that i became aware of and for those of you who were watching amy goodman and democracy now every day i think she was there for the whole thing too yeah i think we and, played uh, some of that yeah and uh and one of the things that I came away with was it almost didn't matter what the governments did because, as, as was noted, that there was nothing binding and there was nothing solidly written that, that people had to— No uh, penalties or no, anything. No penalties and, and no—I mean, there were guidelines. The idea is to keep the, climate, the temperature down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in a sense, this was, this was such a, a, a silly— act on on one level but this is one of the promises that Donald Trump as candidate made to his 
cohorts to his, to his followers yeah. that that he was going this was he was going to overturn the the uh, the Paris Agreement, and and what I got in Paris was that the agreement uh, was was a lot of words, but the places that it was going to be implemented was in our communities was in our cities and towns. It's it's not even, I mean, it's great if the Commonwealth were to enact things, and we have wonderful people working with climate action now who are really working to keep the, you know, the carbon tax and all of those things. Yeah, keep our sources of electricity to renewables yeah. and every year a little yeah. bit more and yeah. things like that. But that's, yeah, it's really business in the local communities that, that really can actually affect the change, right? That's the... Yeah, and, and this is where it really matters. And, uh, and this is where people have some influence. I mean, if you look at, um, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm part of the, uh, the Sugar Shack Alliance. Oh, yeah, yep. And that's the group that's trying to stop the, uh, the pipeline, another mm. pipeline going through Sandusfield. And the, Great and name, despoiling that beautiful, <laughs> with Sandusfield? Sa- no, well, yeah, <laughs> that as well, but the Sugar Shack Alliance. Isn't that a <laughs> good Fantastic name? name. Yes, yes. Um, but... Uh, but the thing that, that was that's interesting about it, I think, is um, you can say, well, it's just a little pipeline. It's not a big deal, but it's our pipeline. It's in our neighborhood, and um, and if if you can stop a piece of pipeline anywhere, it's it's sending, it's doing an, a number of things. First of all, it's saying we don't want any more of this fossil fuel, and it's saying to other people, if we could do it here, you can do it there. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's really being a model. It's, it's sim- symbolic mm. or modeling yeah. for people. Yeah, uh, I really, I, I, I really enjoy this this sort of grassroots action around climate change because so often um, the uh, the scope of the threat of climate change is presented as being such a you know an overwhelming force, and people feel disempowered. Yeah. They they don't know how to deal with it. They don't it know depressed how to, too. Yeah, yeah, it's depressing. You don't know how to conceptualize it. You don't know how to organize yourself to as an individual to to uh, combat this. You know what seems like an almost inexorable um, geological climate movement. And so this and you know, as you said, starting locally can be a an, not only an excellent bridge for larger scale efforts, but also to uh, be a um, you know, a catalyst for kind of individuals getting engaged and emotionally and psychologically plugged in um, to, you know, to what's happening around them and, and how their theirs and their neighbors' efforts can actually build some meaningful change. And you have people, you have the, uh, the power structure locally, the mayor and city council or the select boards, who are probably not getting a lot of money from the fuel mm. industries that uh, that governors, for Oh, example, they haven't already have. been captured. Yes. Yeah, interesting. Well, you know, as a Republican, I have a lot of different feelings on some of this, but I, I'm sort of pleased that California and New York, probably 40 or 50 major um, companies, ExxonMobil, Google, um, who's it? Is it Elon Musk? I forget yes, all the people, yeah. the, the head of Disney, have all said, it doesn't matter, we're just going to keep going with this. That It doesn't matter what Trump does at that level. It was voluntary anyway. And 
you know, they've already made the changes and coal is on its way out and even China's, you know, switching over. And and I think both the EU and China have gotten together and had a joint announcement today. Or, But it it's interesting that there's a robustness to the market that's actually doesn't matter yeah. in a way that Trump mm. did. I mean, it does matter, but I'm saying that it's got a certain momentum itself. Well, you know, the thing that's so interesting is the the numbers are already in that uh, that alternative energy, that renewable energy, creates more jobs. Yeah, I saw that. Then there were coal miners. It was like twenty thousand versus eighty thousand right. or something. You know, so so I think when you know when Mr. Trump says he wants to save Pittsburgh, and the mayor of Pittsburgh says, "Wait a minute, stop! Yeah, we're building you know, solar yeah. panels. <laughs> <laughs> we're not the steel mecca, you know, that we once right. were." But so so I mean, I think I mean we we live in in you know what they cursed us with this interesting time mm. but it's really fascinating you know and when you you put on this your label the republican i yeah. i was reminded that you're was, still talking to me it was, oh, <laughs> happily yes this is civil politics <laughs> oh, right, right? right but um but it was the it was that republican president who brought us the environmental protection agency yeah nixon yeah mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I mean, how times Clean air, change. clean water act. Yeah, it's very interesting that I had said on one of our previous shows that people often say that conservatives aren't conservationists, and that's just not historically true and not quite right. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people that are identifying themselves as Republicans that I don't fully recognize as having sort of my my values. And it. I wonder who they are sometimes, like, you know, as they dismantle things mm. that are going to put all our, you know, all the islands underwater. And I mean, are they not scientists? Do they not understand? I mean, it just, it's a funny, it's a funny thing to have all these people that you're associated with, because I am mm. a, you know, card-carrying, blue-blooded Republican. And then there's all these folks that I have trouble talking to sometimes, because they, they really go to the mat on this stuff. That's an interesting point, you see. And you're so right, because most of them aren't science, at least the elected officials. They're lawyers. Yeah. You know, their their training is to argue a point, whether it's a good point or not, or something that's beneficial. This is, I mean, this is a point that Neil deGrasse Tyson made. If we had more scientists in Congress, maybe, maybe, (laughs) we would, you know, have at least a, a more literate, um, yeah. grasp of these issues. I think part of the, well, part of the issue also is that uh, Congress people don't do their own research. They rely on aides to basic, and many times those aides are relying on industry yep. reports and, and um, they write the laws yeah. in a lot of cases. And, and policy recommendations that are thinly disguised industry grabs um, because Congress had Congress, it is not it's not well known, but um, since the 1980s, the uh, budget for congressional staff has been reduced pretty dramatically from what it had been. So there is not as much of an infrastructural manpower or human power component for Congress experts. to research and and yeah. get uh, authentic bipartisan or unbiased information on a lot of issues, especially issues that have a high knowledge barrier, like something like climate change that's very scientifically rigorous when if you study it correctly. So, Or then you have something <clears throat> like um, 
the uh, well, we can go back to the Patriot Act and mm-hmm. how many members of of the Congress read it. None of them. None. Most of yeah. them hadn't even None. read it. See, that's why I like Elizabeth Warren. I I just she she was a Harvard professor. She actually reads mm-hmm. everything yes. or has a graduate student <laughs> yes. read it. And once you've read it, then you know what's in it. And that's very rare these days that people actually do the do the work. And mm-hmm. the same thing happened just recently with the uh, the Trump care, the Trump lack of care. Oh, the the one that actually made it out of the house, that oh, version, or yeah, the one before yes. it, or both yeah. of them. Yeah, that um, that when congressmen who had voted for it were asked about it, they said no, they hadn't read it. Oh. <laughs> you know, and and I think with, be like, who is time? <laughs> They're out fundraising, right? Right. Yeah. Uh. You know, and uh, I mean, it, it's it's really fascinating. And so I think you know, I want to give a shout out to a, a local group. Uh, well, a, a group that's headquartered here, but it's all over the country, and that's Represent Us, because mm. they're very busy trying to get money out of politics. And, Good luck. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and what they, I, was, I was talking with a couple of, of people yesterday who are, are very active locally, and they were saying that it's not just in, in these liberal quarters, but people across the board. You know, from the very right to the very left, are saying we got to get money out yeah, of politics. Have to get the money out. Yep. And and I said, you know, one of the things that that I, I was aware of is that if you took money out of politics, what would happen to all that advertising money that television stations make? Mm. Yeah. 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 See, I think they should give uh, equal time like they used to and then you don't have to pay for all those ads and you don't have advertisements you have more debate and what happened with you know in the league of women voters oh well they took ran. that right away from the league sure. of women because there was money in it the minute there started to be money in it yeah then um, the two parties got together and said oh no we must run the presidential debates right <laughs> and it has to be the republicrats who are the only people in the debate Republicans. Is that a combination of Democrats and Republicans? I believe it is. <laughs> Put them together. Yeah, yes. interesting. Uh, I think the, uh, the the only problem with a lot of the Democrats is they don't demand as much money from this, their corporate sponsors. Well, that's what Trump said. Do. They just don't negotiate that well. Yeah, so. yeah. They don't. Good. They don't cut the deals. Yeah, they don't cut deals. Right. Uh, but uh, I mean, actually, they they literally don't. Yeah. They um dem uh, re- most Republicans are coming from from business backgrounds uh and exactly (laughs) which is fine uh democrats um a lot of democrats they they come from more education or uh or lower public service so uh they don't know how they don't have the negotiating knowledge exactly they don't have the negotiation talents they don't have marketing backgrounds or anything like that from for the most part and the history historically um progressives like to talk more and try to decide with consensus and uh conservatives historic like currently they don't they there is more of a lockstep this is how we're doing this this is what is it what it Mm. is it's dictation and not um top down and it's it's top down it's like it's it's like a business um the the um the rnc uh and how they how they decide legislation so well, we can. Um, excuse me. I mean, so the the uh, the the issue um, in that is that um, Democrats, like 
I was listening to this other podcast, and this is where I'm getting this uh, from uh, Decode DC. Oh, not RT? Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. That's my favorite. <laughs> what, R- did you say RT, like Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. Or- yeah. Oh. Yeah, we, we like, that's Russian TV. Too. Russia <laughs> time. Oh. Um, they, uh, they did a story on, on this subject, and um, their example was the, uh, the, um, the ACA, right? Wait. The... The Affordable Care Act. Yeah, thank you. The Obama. Version. Yeah, right. Obamacare. I was what trying is to the law at the moment. No, I was trying to make sure it wasn't. It wasn't the um whatever they're the, calling the it. The new H-C-A? one. HCA. Thank you. So the ACA. Uh, uh, Biden goes around the country and he's talking to people and he wants like, what do you want? What do you want in your health care? What do you What do you think we should do? And then uh, when they build it, they go around and they say, this is what it is. Here are the points. Um, and they want to make sure everybody understands. That is not how you sell a law because everybody falls asleep. The Republicans go, hey, look, this is what we did, and it's really good. Vote. Ah, Vote or else. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. uh, And they don't read the bill because clearly the people that that were in charge wrote it, so why would I have to think about it? The Democrats, they go through it, and they – I mean, the Democrats. And then people are disappointed because exactly. they didn't get all the, the Democrats points don't read it either. But like, there's there's more of a apart. consensus, yeah. and there's more. Uh, and they they probably all met way before saying, okay, these these are the stuff that we want. They dump it into the bill, and then most of the the Congress doesn't really read it because they've already talked about it for like years. So mm-hmm. that is the issue between the how how the the democratic party and the republican party really communicate their their views to their um to the to their group and to to america which is really interesting that's all on the um aca genre um, thank you mr roberts (laughs) on the aca genre um I think Obama had an advantage because Kennedy had worked his whole life on it and that there was a lot of background. You know, there was a real depth that went way back and crossed party lines. Our own Ted Kennedy, senator from Massachusetts. um, Senator Kassenbaum, I think, from Kansas. I forget who else was, you know, had done sort of similar things, but on the other side. But they actually, that was sort of all out there and they'd done a lot of research and how it would work and all that. And I think my party has never been interested. I shouldn't say well, that because Romney, my buddy Romney did it here, but, it, you know, that was a pig in a poke. There was a real reason that happened when it happened. The real research was done by Kennedy yeah. and his staff. Yeah. When staff was robust and they had specialists and they carried the staff from year to year to year and people were reelected. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. and And I think that was part of actually a politically savvy move for the Obama administration was to take so many elements of, of quote-unquote Romney care, which was in fact a plan that had been pushed by right-leaning think tanks Heritage, like the Heritage yeah. Foundation yeah. back in the 90s Who as an alternative to, to sort of the specter yeah. of single-payer, you know, uh, centralized, <laughs> socialized health care. Um, uh, that, that, that actually, you know, it sort of cut, the, I think it cut the ground out from what Republicans would have run on for an alternative plan. Mm. And the problem is, is that congressional Republicans have spent the last seven years running against the ACA rather than developing an alternative. And this is so then we see, you know, this grab bag that they put together yeah. that is clearly very slapdash yeah. and that doesn't doesn't satisfy even enough of their own party 
in terms of membership. Yeah, Mitch McConnell's going yeah. back to the beginning, right? He's not even they're they're writing something from scratch on yeah, the Senate. Yeah, well, they have to. Yeah, because yeah, they look at the House bill and they go, oh, "That's not ready for prime time." So, yeah, I'm embarrassed <laughs> it's by the that. House. The, that teacup is uh, <laughs> boiling over. Yeah. Well, that was I mean that was one of the things that I mean you talk about embarrassments. How many hearings did the Republicans have in the Congress? Repeals or something? Yes. <laughs> I you forget know, how many it, votes. It was, but... it was absurd. And I think, the, but the other piece, too, is I mean, first of all, there was, we're going to oppose anything the Democrats do, especially Obama. Yeah. You know, so, so it's, you know, it's multifaceted. But I mean, you were talking earlier about when once upon a time there were really um, joint. Agreements. There were, you know, there people worked with one another across the aisle. I mean, before Specter came over to to the Democratic Party, he and uh, and Ted Kennedy yeah. worked together. And you know, there there are bipartisan. There were bipartisan bills for so long, mm. and uh, and now it's become so polarized. And I think this is one of the problems in this country right now, is that that we've we've pulled into our own places. You know, people like me. Uh, watch Democracy Now and other <laughs> crazy people, lefties. Other like. people watch Fox News. I read Morning Consult, which you guys wouldn't touch with a ten foot pole, or uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> National Review. Yeah, it's true. It's really they're different worlds. Yeah, and um, I, I have to say I enjoy this show because we'll send out around ideas beforehand. I go, what in the world is that? And I go look <laughs> at it and I go, hmm, hmm. Mm. Or what uh, you said about Jeff Sessions, I had missed that story entirely, yeah. and um, and um, him um, plagiarizing, not plagiarizing, um, perjuring Perjury. himself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, the the source is a little slow today. Yes, so. it's a, well, brought to you by the letter P. I'm sure he plagiarized <laughs> too. <laughs> oh, perhaps, maybe not. That was a joke. <laughs> but well, uh, so, should we talk about that then? The uh, the ongoing La Faire Sessions, as I think you could call it. Well, this is now um, we're up to two senators that are calling um, for uh, FBI director. Uh, well, the FBI that doesn't have a director, director yeah. con- currently. As a I wish set- they would name somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we'll we'll this. Th- I wonder if we're entering sort of um, you know the shadow world of you know equivalent of the Obama administration, where so many public you know so many. Uh, Appointments went unfilled for so long because there was stalling. Yeah, and now we're having a different case. But yeah, it better is a than different indicted, case. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I we mean, were talking the, about, um, the vacancies. Reagan. I mean, even even FERC, uh, which is supposed to have five people. That's a mm. the federal energy. Oh, they vote on the um, nuke. Yeah, they they're the ones who vote on pipelines. Oh, and pipes pipelines too. Yeah, and uh, and they have uh, only two members. So they mm. uh, for of a five member board, so they can't even have a quorum. <gasps> you know, it's oh, uh, how I mean, to stall? Well, the, they're trying to get rid of Bannon said it right. They're trying to get rid of the administrative state. So <laughs> well, I, you might be right on yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Did you read that in the National Review? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I watched C-SPIN because I like to see the hearing for myself. Yeah. Because yeah. I never recognize it in the news. I go, they didn't say that. They actually said this. Yes. You know, and depending which news station you go. Well, that's a very interesting take yeah. on that, you know, four four sentences, and the first <laughs> news place will play the first mm-hmm. two, and the other news place will p- play the last two. I want to go back for a second. You know how we're saying there's no staff, you know, there's not a depth of staff. Mm. People who are in favor of um, um, term limits, uh-huh. um, are you guys, well, let me tell you 
this first, then you can tell me if you're in favor mm-hmm. of term limits or not. But I heard somebody argue that if you had term limits, then the lobbyists would really run Washington because there'd be no, um, there'd be no backbone, there'd be no strength. People would be in for like two terms. And mm. I'm I'm wondering what you think of that, or do you like term limits? And and um, I mean, it's a tough one, right? Because if you have a senior senator, it, it helps. Well, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I remember years ago, really long time ago, saying there there might be some merit in term limits and and being accused of being a conservative, actually. <laughs> um, but but I think there's something there's something to be said about it and something positive, that um, that and you know and someone said to me well recently I said you know I think we should have term I th- I think we should have term limits or at least explore that you know that um, you know when it, it's an interesting job to be a, a congressperson you um, you have to work in Washington about three days a week on long weeks is that at three three yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday um, other times and and the Congress the, the House under Paul Ryan, but it was just as bad under uh, Boehner, um, just calls, you know, we're, we're having a week's recess. Yeah. I mean, they have recess like mm. you wish you had had in high school. When Trump first came in, I watched C-SPAN, and I was shocked how often they were le- there at 11 o'clock at night. It was the first time I've seen Congress in session, mm. you know, <laughs> Friday night, back on Monday morning, and I had never seen that, I don't yeah. think, in 20 years. Well, that was during the hearings. When, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but the us- and and last week I think they did that again, yeah. but <clears throat> but by and large the uh, the house is in is in business for three days a week and the the uh, senate is in is in business for three and a half days. They usually come in on Monday afternoons, but um, but you know when you think about it, um, serving as a senator or a member of Congress um, could be doing your civic duty it's a little mm. like uh, you get called up for jury duty or for mayor or for some other public service and uh, and so you'd serve your time and some when a local friend said well but wait we'd, we'd lose McGovern and I said you know McGovern is really great I love him and uh, but I, he's not the only person who could represent us you know, I'm sure there are other mm. people who could do it, and uh, and if you knew you had eight years or ten years to give to your service, and then you could go back to your lucrative or not so lucrative law practice. Yeah, or mostly law practices, right? Else, mm. You know, or farming. You know, uh, Thomas Jefferson went back to farming. Yeah, <laughs> or the model of what the Roman. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. He went back to owning a farm. Oh, good. Thank oh. you. Thank you very much. He was not farming. <laughs> Clap back. Yeah, no Clap hands. Clap back time. Unlike Adams, he he didn't get his hands yeah. dirty. Whereas no, Adams actually, yeah, yeah, Adams actually exactly. shoveled. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or uh, the Roman general Cincinnatus, who uh, got called up to lead the Roman army and then went back, literally back to his plow afterwards, which <laughs> yes. is kind of the model of this yeah. sort of. So, um, yeah. so where are you on this? I'm 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 torn because. I actually, I'm sympathetic to the idea of term limits as a reform measure because it's, I mean, it's an observable fact that when you get uh, entrenched, people entrenched in powerful roles in government. Very comfortable. And and comfortably (laughs) so, it tends to attract corruption. However, I think that uh, since the administrative state is under such attack as it is and has already been, you know, the... 
it's not qu- the government isn't quite small enough to drown in a bathtub yet, as uh, um, Grover Norquist <laughs> said. But uh, it's it's on its way, and I think um, term limits are uh, without you know additional reforms for transparency and additional um, investment in government as you know as a governing. Um, body as some as 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 an instrument of popular will and of legislation and oversight and regulation it weakens it further and so much of the impetus for term limits that i see is coming from individuals and groups that are already working to weaken government and weaken sort of tea party or kind yeah of kind of and stuff. and and look again i get it there's 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 a tremendous disconnect in many ways between the interests of people who serve in Washington and either their constituents or other citizens who live in Wisconsin or Alabama or Massachusetts and and it ends it can be very alienating but honestly I think I don't I certainly don't see it as a panacea term limits and I'm skeptical of how they would be deployed because I'm I'm in agreement with you Sue I think that the influence of the private sector on our lawmaking process is already so powerful that if you get people, if if if, if you cut create a turnover. lineage of if, yeah. sort of bureaucratic, um, you know, check on that, which is what term limits would do, you would basically just be turning it, literally turning it over faster and faster, and you get people coming in and out of government who don't have a, a weight of experience and don't have a good understanding of necessarily how business gets done in a legislative context rather than a corporate They one, fall for those tricks that the lobbyists have honed for yeah. <laughs> centuries. But it's Well, but I think, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about grown-ups. You know, we're not mm-hmm. talking about coming out of eighth grade and serving two years. <laughs> uh, but, but people who have, have, uh, <laughs> have. Yeah, I love you, Packy. You're, I love this optimism that I'm hearing from you. It makes you such a great advocate because yeah. you, you get back up and go get arrested again right <laughs> well but you know it's i mean it, it is interesting to uh to see i mean i, I i'm going to take somebody who i i uh i i didn't know at all i didn't know cory booker at all no nothing about him new jersey's senator yeah new yeah. jersey senator and uh, and after mitch mcconnell shut down our senator elizabeth warren um cory booker gave a, a talk uh speech to the Senate that was so impressive I that, I, heard that, that I thought, you know, this could be a course yeah. in in American history. And, and, and he's new to the Senate, so yes. your point is yes. that here's this new guy that actually had more backbone and more eloquence and yeah. more, yeah. But, but then, uh, two weeks later, Bernie Sanders says, I put forward a bill that we could buy medications from Canada that would be much cheaper and Cory Booker spoke against that saying really yes. I missed that he one he said he <laughs> said we're not sure they'd be safe <laughs> please uh, and in fact what we found out was that there was a lot of money from big pharma that had gone into the coffers of yep. 
Senator Cory Booker. Because guess who's in New Jersey? Pfizer and a couple other big ones. Oh, yeah. 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 I used to call on them when I was younger. So, so <laughs> it's, um, you know, and I think, you know, they're, they're all a mixed bag, every one of them. I mean, we were just starting with, I was singing the praises of the creator of the Environmental Protection Agency, the uh, <laughs> oh, poor Richard Nixon, you know. A but, good Quaker. Yeah, well, <laughs> you'd have to talk to our Quaker friends about that goodness. But, but um, you know, uh, all of them have are mixed bags, and we hope that they do better than not as good, not as well. You know, I mean, look at how, I mean, FDR is one of our heroes, and look at the, ask the Japanese who were interred about that, you know. Or, uh, this must be a place to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> actually, talking about FDR like that. <laughs> yeah. um, term, t- I I wanted to break in because term limits is actually something I I think a lot about, uh, and I think that I I am in in favor of term limits. It's not a panacea as, as you were saying, mm-hmm. but um, the thing I always think about is uh, uh, Barbara Boxer. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. she was in Congress from 1993 until la- until this year. She's this, California. She's, yeah, California 6. Um, she is not running again. So she's been in Congress for over 20 years. Um, right? Am yeah. I doing that right? I think so, Math. yeah. She's a senator, right. and now she's, yeah, she's not. Yeah, and so, now she's retired. Exactly. Well, mm, yes. Yeah, yes. she is. Yeah, yeah so, Kamala, Kamala Harris um, took over. So, yeah. the, I mean, the, the thing is that um, she's held that seat since, since for years and years. She... Uh, and then when she decided to to leave, there was this huge shuffle in in um, in California because there were all these younger politicians that were like, OK, well, I'll run for governor or for AG or something like that. And they were trying to get in, into state politics, but nobody could get into the the national uh, seat because it's, it's held by this 76 year old lady, which is fine. But careful now. Yeah, <laughs> but the problem the problem is her or um, who's the guy from from Brooklyn? Um, oh, Chuck Schumer. No. No. Uh, oh, Wang Wrangle. Oh, Charlie. Yes. Charlie Wrangle. Yeah, yeah. He, Wrangle. he was there for like a thousand years, you know. And the the problem is that if you have people that are holding on to those seats, mm-hmm. then new ideas and new blood doesn't flow into Congress as it should. And this is, and, and term limits have been getting longer and longer and longer because mm. of gerrymandering and everything like that. What I I've always thought was a limit of like fifteen years, like maybe ten years for for Congress, twenty years for a uh, for like so many terms uh, for uh, the Senate. Senate oh, longer. Oh, so House because people go House to Senate a lot of times. Yeah, so they could do both. Exactly, but the but the the Senate is supposed to be quick. It's I mean the the House is supposed to be quick. They're supposed to be okay. Two years. We're gonna get this done. They get this done, and then the Senate obviously like like what they Six. say. This the saucer that cools the that cools the tea. Mm-hmm. So um, longer for the Senate, and then uh, so but then that gets people out after you know a decade in mm-hmm. in service and then it, you can bring new people in so you have the old guard you have people that have been there for a while um because like i said like maybe like 15 years or something like that but then they move on <laughs> and so and then new people with new ideas with new life experiences maybe different colors or something could get into getting could actually get into congress yeah you look at the faces in the house exactly Mm -hmm. maybe some women or brown people or something like that but 
because because the world stage has changed. But everybody's like, yeah, she's incumbent. She's been fine. You know, she brings home the bacon. She brings. Right. Oh, that's or something tofu. else I would talk about. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, we have to. <laughs> I like bacon. Uh, so do I. I like Me too. No, I I like political pork. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, we'll be talking about that later. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> do you like it barbecued or? <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we we have to go to a break and um, satisfy our uh, our designated uh, announcements. So uh, we will be back, and you're listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Classical music on Valley Free Radio. Tune in to Andy Musique Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day, hosted by Lucy and Larry. Hi, my name's Leo, and I use he, him, his pronouns. Hi, my name's AJ, and I use they, them, theirs pronouns. Did you know that sex is your biology and gender is how you identify? You can't assume someone's gender. Based on their clothes. Based on their hair. Based on their voice. Who they hang out with. Who they're attracted to. My gender isn't your business. Ask me my pronouns! Brought to you by the PVPA Student Group for Gender, Sexuality, and Diversity. What did they just say? If you often find yourself asking that, you may benefit from the new audio-enhancing technology available at the Forbes Library in Northampton. Designed to work with or without a hearing aid, the new and improved audio-visual systems in our meeting rooms, along with countertop loop systems at our service desks, are some of the new technology the library now has. With federal funds provided by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and administered by the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners. You'll now find hearing the librarian and guest lecturers a whole lot easier. Call 413-587-1017 or email info at ForbesLibrary.org to find out more. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. Hi, this is Wendy, host of Subculture, a music show featuring new wave, electronic, indie, and funk. Join me Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ or tune in from anywhere by visiting our website at valleyfreeradio.org. If you miss Subculture on Fridays, don't worry. You can hear it again from midnight to 2 Sunday mornings. Thank you for supporting Valley Free Radio. 
iHeart J-Rock with DJ Sakura is on Saturday mornings at 12 to 2 a.m. on WXOJ LP 103.3 FM in Northampton. And you can stream us on valleyfreeradio.org. iHeart J-Rock will be playing rock music from Japan, uh, J-Rock, J-Pop, and some VK. Uh, if you like that stuff, give my show a listen, please. And also follow me on Twitter at DJ Sakura 666 Thank you. Forbes Library offers free access to computers, and now they are equipped with tools to make them easier to use if you are blind or have low vision. When you come into Forbes Library, you will find computers with JAWS screen reading and magnification software installed. Trained library staff are available to get you started. These services were brought to you with federal funds provided by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and administered by the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners. Call 413-587-1012 to find out more. And uh, we're back here with Civil Politics on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM. I'm Stefan Ward-Wheaton, our um, sometime producer and sometime moderator, like now, sitting in for Michael Dow, here with Sue Timberlake from our (laughs) usual panel, and uh, Packy Wheeland is joining us as a guest, uh, guest host and opiner. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, of course, we have John Roberts over hanging out on the board and keeping us honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quick reminder, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org, or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. Uh, on Twitter, we are at civilpoliticsfm. If you want to tweet at us, or you can go to civilpoliticsradio.com to uh, catch up on our archive of classic episodes from uh, weeks and months <laughs> and years past. So all your civil politics needs, one-stop shopping. Those good old days. <laughs> so we're talking, we were talking before the break about term limits and about sort of you know, what we want to see in terms of transparency and, uh, and um, I guess, uh, a rotation of government and government officials, people in and out of government. So, Sue, did you... you Yeah, this is a weird thought, but of course I'm going to share it with you. So, in business, um, a lot of companies have high turnover because it keeps Mm. it flowing and they keep it really fresh. And so they kind of dispose of their older employees. You know, they get to be 50, 60 years old. You know, and, and I'm just putting it out there that the same is not true for government. And is that... I'm asking you sort of a philosophical question. You know, in business, businesses have two kinds of styles, and that's what they do. You Mm -hmm. know, there's the quick turnover, and they just run people through and keep training, and there's no organizational knowledge, and, you know, you can't find anybody that knows anything about the appliances or whatever the business is. And in in business, um, people, businesses are looked on poorly if they ditch people when they get to retirement age. And yet what you guys are saying a little bit is the government isn't a lifetime employer, at least for the elected officials, right? You're saying that you're okay sort of with that, that that elected officials are, are you want that, you know, fresh blood and, and new ideas and that, and those are really two different, very different models mm-hmm. um, of organizations. So I was thinking of it because of all the union issues that are kind of flying around at the moment in the you know, in and about the um, um yeah. Well, I I think of this as as a uh, as a public service. 
um, that, you know, you say, well, um, I'm going to serve on the school board mm-hmm. because I believe in education. My kids so are you, in school and you do it for 10 years. Yeah, so you serve it for X years and then you go back to having Monday night free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? My concern, part of, so this is part of my concern also about um, term limits without sort of uh, additional conditional um, reforms that can support sort of an ecosystem that's a little more mobile is that if, and I like this idea where government is is sort of a noble calling that is a, a donation from an individual, a talented individual to their community or to their um, a constituency. Increasingly, I think that what we find is when volunteerism becomes part of the mandate of the job, it is privileged people, people from upper orders of society who end up occupying those oh, roles because to. they can yeah. afford to. We see this all over in, um, this has been a big problem in the arts as well, where um, you, increasingly, the children of privilege are the ones going to art school and going and sort of going into um, the create creative studies because th- without the uh, promise of a payoff, um, lower income people are sort of required to take more utilitarian uh, work paths. And with government, I think we already have a problem where privilege is so built in and money is so built into the system. I would want to see uh, a framework developed that could support where, for example, if you became an elected official, there was a, a stipend, and I mean a good stipend that can support a working class person, even if they're a senator or a house of, re- and that there is a reasonable expectation. Say, say you're an actual, like if you're a, a business owner and you take your four, six, eight years, and you're serving state government or federal government, once you leave, uh, there should be some uh, safeguards that you can integrate back into the private sector because we don't want people you know, who actually have a livelihood to attend to to, to sacrifice their comp- either their competitiveness in the market or their ability to oversee their own business. I guess this is this is part of what I well. It's also making with. people not have to do a revolving door mm. to to industry because it's their only choice. They've been in public service. They don't really have anything to fall back on, and so they do take the job from Exxon Mobil, right. who they've been policing. I mean, that's the that's the pressure, right? Is exactly. That, yeah. That, you know, and we we have that situation now, even without term yeah. limits. You yeah. know, and this is why people. I think this is why people end up making government and politics their profession, and they need to stay in it as long as possible unless they get out and get that you know golden paycheck from whoever they were supposed to be overseeing, is that you know essentially once you get 20 or 30 years in the business of government, what else are you it's like being an aircraft uh, air traffic controller what else are you going to do yeah. you know if you're if you don't have that job hey we need crossing so, guards we need crossing <laughs> guards <laughs> but, but, but I, I mean th- these are really good some of these people should be like crash test dummies maybe yeah. maybe <laughs> can you do that maybe. <laughs> but but i think I, I wasn't suggesting that term limits uh people serving in the House or Senate on term limits should not be paid. I mean, oh, they, they should certainly get salaries, and mm-hmm. and uh, maybe after all the reading they would do of the bills, <laughs> they would start writing. Or need glasses. Know, yeah. or, um, <laughs> become commentators on 
public radio or television or uh, actually, community radio. Yeah. I would like to see that more. I agree with you there. I would like to see more politicians who can write and who can speak and who really show a, a level of erudition that befits, you know, I... I think part of sorry, Stefan. Yes. We we don't have the money at the station for those kinds of words. <laughs> sorry, it's like a, a game of Scrabble. Is that what is ValleyforRadio.com/slash/donate so we can yeah, so we, we can afford the big words that that win you game. Well, look at Valley Free Radio. Yeah. We attract people that have you know history backgrounds and can write and speak and all walks of life, and we don't we don't pay anybody. No, and I think. And what's the attraction? Well, maybe it's the free. I mean, it's the free flow of ideas. Is, but government seems to have not attracted so many people like that anymore. Well, it's become, I think, the prestige of the of the pr- public sector has been lowered because it used to be, I think being an elected official used to be, there used to be a certain cachet and a certain social class that was sort of associated, similar to the way being a doctor or a lawyer in sort of pre-modern society meant that you were kind of a member of the gentry. You were, and there was a certain expectation of education and manners and sort of and you weren't um, public questioned. life. <laughs> You're a public individual at some level. And now it's kind of like, you know, in a lot of, especially a lot of these house districts, you dig up some third rate lawyer who has, you know, just enough connections to get appointed to something and or you has run a name them in like a primary. Kennedy yeah. that they don't or realize. Or has a name, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's or a like, haberdasher. Yeah, or a haberdasher. <laughs> or, the, or like John Bain, Boehner, who was like, you know, what, running a bar at one point before uh-huh. he, um, but, <laughs> which is fine. I have nothing, you know, I'm, our bar, I'm glad we have My the problem with do, him but. is all the tobacco money he handed oh, out on well, the floor yeah. of the Senate. That's like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which you can't even do anymore. No, no, it's, yeah. Uh, house ethics reforms but yeah. um but yeah I, I know what you mean and i think so i think that like you have it as public officials now they have a, many of the same responsibilities but they they aren't respected in the same way that they used to be so there's you know none of the, less of the payoff in terms of social prestige and all the same work so of course, and some of the derision you know, now that people yeah, get, and the der- yeah, yeah. You, you you see these town halls where you got to stand in front of a, a crowd of screaming people for five hours, and God bless you have to them. Be good to do that. It, it's I know I respect them, and I respect the people who get up there and actually speak their mind and say, "Hey, your the decisions you're making have real effects on me and my family or my life, you know, li- livelihood." Being but held accountable. Being held accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forget who that guy was that stood there for five years, but he was a Republican, and yeah. he took MacArthur it. I have to, or something. Yeah. yeah, I forget which which district. It was running on C-SPAN because they couldn't quite believe it. I mean, people yeah. gave him, and he, you know, he explained where he was coming from, and he wasn't rude to them. And but five hours, and they just blasted him. Yeah, they just blasted him because they were mad. I mean, people were mad sure. about the what had just passed. Tom MacArthur, mm. third new third district of uh, New Jersey. Yeah. Yes, New Jersey. Um, who and he he had been the and he was architect. in a tough district, right? He was not in the district that elected him. He was in the part of He'd his been district. I think. Yeah. Well, right. he was in the part of the district that didn't like him. Oh, yeah. So he went right <laughs> into the lion's mouth, and you got to give somebody that. I mean, because that's what. He's representing them. He needs to yeah. talk to them. So uh, We'll give him credit. <laughs> oh, I will give him credit because yeah. I've heard so many stories about uh, town halls that got canceled. And oh, once, yeah. once the first story came back that uh, they were getting heat, 
yeah. on on the campaign trail or from their everybody got really busy yeah or, or the <laughs> phone lines weren't getting answered the mail wasn't getting uh, yeah. open you know Duck they, and they, cover yeah and and that's and that's absurd i mean there's that's it should be unconscionable there yeah. It's hard enough to get your elected officials to actually hear what you have to say as it is, you know. Unless you live in the second congressional district in Massachusetts, yeah. where we have probably the most accessible member yes. of Congress in in the whole con- Jim Congress. Jim McGovern, yeah. yeah, who represents us. Um, yeah, he's 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 done a great job. He's I newish, think. right? Is he from? No, no, he's been around. Well, for a he's long. been around, but he used to represent an area of central Massachusetts, closer to Worcester. Oh, that's and why. And then I he didn't. got redistricted after the 2010 census, and now Northampton is actually the part of the western edge of the district. He represents the northern part of the Pioneer Valley. And then um, Hamden County and Berkshire County are represented by Stephen um, Richard, Richard Neal. 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 Yes. Oh, okay. Who, uh, yeah, is more of a controversial figure in some respects. He's been in for a while, too, right? He, he has. has. Yeah. 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 He uh, went up through the ranks. He was the mayor of Perhaps uh, and... an argument for term... <laughs> well, you know who has term limits? The president. I mean, that is just That's right. And yeah. they did that because I think it almost it killed Roosevelt, right, to run yeah. to well, three terms or four it killed terms. him. I think it killed the Republicans more to have to sit through four <laughs> terms of Roosevelt. Yeah, they were pretty hopping mad after that. Um, yeah. But so yes, I'm. I, I will say I'm. I'm. I'm cautiously in favor of term limits as long as there are other reforms to address, like things like gerrymandering. Or yes. you oh, know that's other a huge problem. other co- sort of um, you know contributory um, th- effects that lead to this pooling of just these moribund people who never leave government. I mean, um, the other thing, even closer to home, is the power of the Speaker of the House. Mm. And we could look here in the House of oh yeah of, uh, in in Massachusetts, the House of, of Representatives. No, here. I'm sorry, House <laughs> of Cards. Yes, that. Um, <laughs> That I, you know, I used to think, what, what, what is it? We live in this democratic state, you know, it's blue state, and they're always so often electing Republican governors. What's the deal? And the deal is, and as I see it, and maybe you've got other ideas about this, is that the most powerful person in the the Massachusetts government mm-hmm. is the Speaker of the House, mm-hmm. because if By there's design, a bill think, yeah. that he doesn't want, doesn't see the light of day. Mm-hmm. And uh, and interesting, this the current. I mean, I remember years ago, you know, fighting with uh, Tom Finneran, who went to jail. A um, couple of them have uh, gone. I, yeah, I think it's you know, it's, <laughs> what do you do after your term limits? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's Maybe one option. Hey, three squares limits. in a bed. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> it's not too bad, but not too good either. <laughs> but but the um, the uh, the other thing is um, when DeLeo, when he was when he ran for uh, speaker, he said, uh, you know, we're, I'm going to limit these my time there and he reneged on it oh right totally after. Yep, I remember and that. you know so i think those are places that we could really have some influence i mean imagine if he wasn't if he didn't have that power or mm. if it shifted or some some permutation on this you know yeah, yeah. state government um before we go i just wanted to uh because we tried to get people to uh write in and and communicate with us we have a listener that was that's been listening to the show um miss leslie and hopefully miss mister i don't know um and uh the excellent program tonight i nominate you all for the regular panelists 
So sorry to those who are missing. Stefan and Stu- Susan and the two guests are doing a fantastic job, a fantastic and thoughtful job. Aww. Thanks, Thank Leslie. Thank you, Leslie. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie. <laughs> that's, on, that's on the Facebook. We read all of your comments. Yes. And we <laughs> respond on the Twitter as well. That's great. Well, that's a great note. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, so I we'll won't just, ever come back. We'll just leave it right at that. We'll right? just sit here beaming for the Rock next the three minutes. Sorry, Mike. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> well, and it's an interesting topic we're on too. It's it's yes. uh, it you know it it really cuts across parties. So yeah, there's there's we 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 will have more grist to mill on this topic. Uh, but for the time being, we are coming. We have come to the close of our time uh, for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Civil Politics. Uh, please join us next week uh, at 7 p.m. on Fridays, every Friday, for more Civil Politics. And uh, we have DJ Wendy with Subculture coming up next, so stay tuned here to Valley Free Radio. Thank you for listening, and good night.